0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I'm your man, Veteran Lucas, and with me today, as always, is our team, Fisherman Don and Professor Collins. What's good, guys? Hey. What's up?
1: Yeah, life good. is good, uh, busy, and tiring, and I am excited to share all of our news at the end of the episode. What are we talking about?
0: So today, we did your culture stuff, and it was awesome. Culture <laughs> stuff, great. It's just garbage
1: culture to- stuff. <laughs>
0: Uh, it is, it's called, <laughs> I didn't say that. You know it,
1: what, Okay, okay. Look, I just say well, this, legitimately, because Dr. Dean Horton, who's been on our show before, because one of my closest friends, like, legitimately hates the social sciences.
0: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call them a science. Ouch! Anyway. Ouch. Got him. Today's episode will be on the science of ornithology, or in other words, we are talking about birds.
2: By birds, you mean government surveillance drones in disguise. What? <laughs> birds aren't real, man. Where's the, <laughs> oh where's the start? Oh, I forgot that that's, the that's, not, that's a thing. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll um I'll open up with some Pokemon news real first, guys. So, on the uh, competitive side of it, the official VGC side, I should clarify there is um, about to go through the format shift to Ultra Series. (laughs) So, we'll be leaving Moon Series, um, which means
0: everything goes. uh, Megas
2: (laughs) will be pretty much. Megas are legal again. Um, Mega Rayquaza is free to go. Uh, Ultra Necrosmium Z is legal. So, um, if you like big damage, and really, really, really long animations. It's uh it's a great format think, for you. I, uh, and yet Mew is like oh yeah,
1: seriously, <laughs> the rules are so dumb. You know what though, I'm excited. We're gonna we're gonna give my five year old uh, we're gonna give her Necrosium Z and a Tapu Lele and a Xerneas, and we're set.
0: I feel like you just enjoy watching your child steamroll <laughs> other people's <laughs> children. Isn't that like the point of them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so on to the science news. This one was actually a really cool story. A HIV-positive patient out in the UK went through a bone marrow transplant and... Was cured. Professor? You know about this. yeah? Was so um,
1: obviously, yeah. I mean, this is LGBT stuff. A lot of that news is stuff, I pay attention to, and this is a big deal—not just for the LGBT community, but I mean, like most of the poor developing world. Um, it's a pretty big deal. But the thing is that uh, the two patients who have been cured so far both had bone marrow transplants, and both have had severe uh, like bone cancer. So, or blood cancer. Yeah. So, like, the only reason that they were even, uh, could qualify for these treatments is because of their cancer.
0: So the fact that they had cancer introduced them to this mystery gene that seems to be um, curing HIV. It's
1: unclear if it would work otherwise. And the fact is that it's really intrusive. And at this point, um, you know, lifespan or life expectancy with HIV is, is, it's pretty similar to without, um. It just requires a huge plethora of medication. You know, this, this doesn't mean that there's a cure coming anywhere near. Um, the issue is with this particular virus is that it is incredibly adaptable. And so you, you introduce one type of medication and it automatically has adapted within just a few days. And so, you know, or not a few days, but in a short period of time. Regardless, though, and so that's why, you know, these people who are who have HIV, they're on, you know, huge chunks of medications because you have to keep hitting it with multiple things. Otherwise, it adapts too quick. So the idea of a vaccine coming anytime soon is still it's still out there. It's not like anywhere near.
0: (laughs) But it's a step in the right direction. At least two people.
1: Yeah, it's a really cool thing to think about. But it's it's also a really invasive, intrusive procedure. (laughs)
0: I mean all right so we got our news is out of the way so like I said we are going to be talking about birds what makes birds awesome why they're real don <laughs>
2: Sounds like a government shill to me <laughs> but fine
0: All right so I
1: honestly Tweety rockin' rock and robin what
0: Ahem! oh <laughs> I've wanted to touch on this topic since episode one because our first episode was on flight and how animals took to the skies and flew, but we didn't really talk specifically about birds. And the thing we- We talked about fat dragons that could
1: not fly.
0: We did talk about fat (laughs) dragons that could not fly. Most of the Pokemon world cannot (laughs) fly, but I want you guys to know just how fascinating birds are. We take it for granted. Everybody who's listening to this, you've seen a bird today if you've walked outside you don't doesn't matter where you are birds are one of the most successful animal groups on the planet they are on every continent and every ocean every biome from the arctic to the desert and they didn't invent flight but they came up with it all on their own and it's fantastic well their flight is
1: totally different than you know like uh invertebrate flight
0: it is and they made up with their own style to it that's so incredible but where they get their flight powers people don't know too, didn't know too much about it uh, i had a chat with our friends from the common descent podcast the paleo guys yeah about
1: it. please do because, I, because yeah, like because like dinosaur flight was more like bats
0: so it even gets crazier than that birds uh, for those who didn't know birds are dinosaurs they're not relatives they they are them, their closest relatives oh, sorry, pterosaurs. Are now pterosaurs. Yeah, the clo-
1: pterosaurs were like bats,
0: right? The pterosaurs were a completely separate group. These guys were actually closer related to the dromaeosaurs, uh, velociraptors, that sort of thing. Their closest living relatives now are crocs. But what people don't seem to realize is that bird feathers, like the thing, one of the things we recognize of them, and several of the things we recognize of them, were not originated from birds if we look at the main bird features things like feathers things like having lungs that don't allow for mixing of air the special bones that give them strength the ability to vocalize the parental care those were all features that were already found in dinosaurs before the birds birds just took the parts the dinosaurs were using and then repurposed them for flight well you know
1: i always people uh because i have students who argue with me dinosaurs are religious i'm like no they're not uh and and you know, and I go look, look at a chicken leg, and tell me that's not a T. Rex.
0: <laughs> but it's so crazy. People think that birds invented feathers and stuff. No, we th- dinosaurs had feathers, and people for some reason go like, "Hey, you can't put feathers
2: on my dinosaurs. They're not scary enough." We've,
1: we've found them now, preserved with like feathers and fur.
2: <laughs> but there are, and if you think feathers make something not scary, go fight an ostrich. <laughs> Just do it. It's not scary. Do it. Oh no, no, the cosawaries are. Coswares are brutal. We need a Pokemon (laughs) version. Forget the
0: Coswares of the Ostrich. Watch what happens when a pigeon flies towards someone's head. You notice they flinch. They run. Birds are scary. And today, that scary bird nonsense is over 10,000 species strong. And like I said, it's in every climate. And while most can fly, some just learned, okay, I can burrow. Or I can swim. Or I can run. And they've just taken these parts and utilized them in different ways. Because there are so many, even their even their brain power is a little bit different. There are some animals that run purely on instinct, like owls. And there are some animals that are vastly intelligent, like crows, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, if birds do have a weakness, though, it's that they've evolved... Rock types? <laughs> if birds have a weakness, it is because it is that they specifically evolved to their niche. So there's really not room for much else. Um, they also have to eat a ridiculous amount more than their croc cousins due to their warm blooded nature and active lifestyle. Birds are super high metabolism. A hummingbird has to eat half its weight every single day or it dies. Yeah,
1: and and, and not only that, they don't live as long.
0: They, they're there for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> so human relationships with birds goes back forever. Humans um, have been using them for everything from food, companion, hunter, weapon, assistant, messenger, and lifesaver for over 5,000 years that we can prove and some studies find that birds were domesticated over 10,000 years ago. That's Mesopotamia. That's the Fertile Crescent. That's nuts. Uh, culturally, there are still
1: cultures that still do that
0: Yeah, and culturally These animals are in every culture Because birds are everywhere Every religion, every culture has something about birds I'm Catholic We use doves all the time Native Americans had the thunderbird in some culture If you go to every single culture Living, dead, ancient current We have some <laughs> the the have on The birds. giant
1: demon chicken bird We talked
0: about in the last episode <laughs> Everyone's got a demon chicken bird of some kind. Everyone's well, right here
2: too with uh speaking of uses of birds and hunting. Um just kinda of fun fact about falconry. It's um estimated to be potentially as old as eight to ten thousand years.
1: That's crazy. My friend just got See? a falconry class for his birthday. Like that's like the craziest thing to be. <laughs>
0: They're so cool. It's so awesome. I will say that one of the common things that people say about birds like they either have the whole, they have the two sayings in America. I don't know wherever. Well, someone's got bird brain or eats like a bird. And like I said, with the eats like a bird, it's usually used for people who are eating too much. No, if you're eating like a bird, you are like packing it in there. You are like eating everything in front of you. You're eating your food, your neighbor's food, all of it.
1: does that, though, have to come? I mean, that's a Western idiom, too, though. You know, I think about Western food, uh, you know, frog raw, uh, you know, you literally stuff a bird to it. T- t- yeah. T- <laughs> you know, you know, we, we may not think of birds as, as overeating because when we want them to be uh, delicious, we, we feed yeah. them until they
0: die. And the whole bird brain <laughs> thing is weird. Granted, owls are not like all that good at problem solving but they're still good enough to hunt a mouse in the blindness of night without it even noticing it was eaten until it's in its stomach. Like, they're, like the whole idea of animals being dumber than us, yes I can do math but can you catch a mouse with your foot while flying in the night? I didn't think so. Uh, the, reason, <laughs> the reason I wanted to do this episode is because whenever we have too much of anything we take it for granted and that's the same with money that's the same with beachfront property that's the same with birds with animals we take them for granted or fish fish. we take them for granted and so we don't appreciate how awesome they are so i'm going to try to fix that all right guys let's go ahead and let's talk about some burns and maybe i'll convince people that they're not as bad or not as useless as you think What good would a bird talk be without talking about the first birds? The one... Why? Dear God. Why? (laughs) Okay, let's Pidgey and, you know, a slash (laughs) Pidove. So we're going to talk about two of the normal flying types that started off in the game. And I got to be honest, I wanted to start off with these guys because... No one really like one No one like yeah, everyone hates them. Nobody likes pigeons. They're stupid. <laughs> They're not stupid. I think like like, like it's almost
1: as bad. I think I thought like their original name was like bird.
0: <laughs> no, that's the thing though. You
2: know what the name of their group is
1: in like Japanese. I'm pretty sure like the original name is just bird.
2: Well, Charmeleon is like lizard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Hunter is just ghost. <laughs>
0: uh- okay pigeons belong to a group of animals called <laughs> columbidae Col- you know they got that because of the whole columbus trail sailing the ocean blue genocide aside the man was a navigator he no, like that, he, he ended up in the wrong spot he was still <laughs> he able was to not far. die crossing it so i guess that counts for stupid reasons anyway pigeons have an amazing sense of direction and they gave that to pidgey as well with pigeons when we were talking about birds ten thousand years ago that are domesticated that was them that was pigeons that were used for that they were what helped romans conquer the known world because they could just pass the messages along uh what people seem to forget is that when it comes to pigeons directions there's a slight catch pretty much they can always go back to where they consider home that means that you can't just tell them to go to your friend's house and then to another friend's house. You can literally just take them with you in a box and then put a message on them and they'll just send a message back home to let people know what's going on. It's a one-way communication to one spot. But that doesn't make them dumb. They are so cool and Pidov gets the worst of this. Pidov is said to be forgetful and it thinks that many people don't realize that they... they they understand instructions pretty well. And the Pokédex, it says, oh, it only does simple ones, but they're not dumb. They're just a lot of them, and people well, hate them. Just military because... used them. I mean, clearly
1: they can't be completely stupid if they were used by, like, militaries for thousands of years. Like,
0: Yeah, but people forget that when they're surrounding you in every which
2: well, way you go. I,
1: are... I think we've had that talk at our house, too, uh, because deer are a big thing in our neighbor community. Um, that, like, that's because human perception is that they're not, you know, assimilating with human lifestyle.
0: We forget just how amazing. We all talk about their sense of direction, but we still don't know how they do it. What? Not a clue. We know they can tap into the Earth's magnetic field, but we don't know exactly well, I mean, how.
1: that that's a possibility. The other possibility is they actually, like, map. I mean, there are actual aboriginal tribes that, uh, you know have entire maps in their head and can and, and, and speak in terms of direction there's no my left side my ref side sorry my left side or right side it's my east or west side or my north side my south side there are entire cultures that learn that and, and once you learn to think like that you know that's just
0: how you think the best evidence we have though shows that whenever we subjected them to a magnetic field something happened with their inner ear it vibrated in a certain way we're still doing experiments on it we pretty sure it has something to do with the earth's magnetic field and finding their way home but we just don't know exactly how it's being pulled off and the one pigeon you see everywhere in every movie of new york it's called the rock pigeon just want you to know or rock dove, depends on how you want to call it i just to tell you everyone to make them fancy. Not it, it shouldn't just be pigeon. It's it's a rock pigeon. Leave it alone. Uh, if you want to know more about pigeons, I found a book called "Pigeons: The Fascinating Saga of the World's Most Revered and Reviled Bird." That's a book I'm going to be picking up because that's an amazing title.
2: So, and if I uh, sorry, if I may jump in real quick with a quick history fact, there was a homing pigeon named uh, Cher Ami during World War One that um, rescued through its. Brave basically braved German fire and um, led to, like the rescue of over a hundred men that were pinned down by uh, enemy line, enemies behind their See? lines. See, good pigeon.
0: That's a good pigeon.
2: So, and it actually, despite being shot, um, it survived and they a made movie it a little yet? peg leg.
0: Aw, that's adorable.
1: Disney would jump on that.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised it's not, honestly. There was, a pigeon, there was an animated pigeon movie from World War what II. What is the baller? Or World War, whatever. There was one. It Head just got more A stupid ranges. movie.
2: That was it. it was that was dumb. it? Oh, maybe. Share on me. It was very it? dumb. Well, this pigeon should have a good movie. <laughs> this is a
0: very good pigeon. So, on to other birds that people either hate or love. This is, um, let's talk about Murkrow. Murkrow.
1: I know about crows.
0: Yeah, this is actually one of the few animals, folks, that we all know something about. <laughs> With crows, it's just one of those... How do I put this? Everyone thinks they're horrible. Bad luck. Sign of death. Omens. Even the Pokedex says that. It's like, well, oh, it goes after shiny stuff. And don't go out at night when there's a lot of them. And they're just mean. And I think people
1: often mix them up with ravens, too.
0: And ravens are fine, too. Crows well, are part of a group of... Um, the crows and ravens—they're all part of what's called the corvidae family, and that's ravens, that's jays. So blue jays are in the same group as them. Wait, um, what? Yeah, blue jays are in corvidae as well. So all the jays, ravens, and crows—corvidae. They're just slight so differences.
1: Like, I would assume, based upon my understanding of people, <laughs> that the the association would be more of because they eat, you know, things that are, you know, they're scavengers, right? They're
0: more opportunistic than they are scavengers. They'll eat what they can find. But
1: But I would assume it's more like the salamander joke we made in the last episode where there was like this link to, oh, I see them near like things that are dying.
0: Yeah, that's literally every other animal. If you leave a carcass in the woods, even the deers are going to chew off that. It's just with with crows and ravens. Gee, let's hang out in an area where there aren't any humans. How about the graveyard where there's lots of food? Like it's not a dark thing. Like, this just, hey, I'm trying to survive. If I could add one thing to the Pokedex about this thing, not take anything away, I would add that it's one of the smartest animals in the well, Pokemon world in terms of... We, uh,
1: we, st- uh, or sorry, not we. I have friends who, uh, who actually, like, study them as behavioral psychologists because they're, like, really good at puzzles.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, so, I'll jump in with this real quick. There was, um, I believe it was the University of Washington um, did a study where... To test um, the facial recognition abilities of crows specifically, apart from like clothing, walk, and other characteristics, they um, would wear masks to catch crows. Um, um, they actually had a caveman mask that they would catch the crows while wearing, and another person would just like around with a Dick Cheney mask. But the Dick Cheney mask wouldn't do anything to bother the crows. And then um, after catching some crows with the caveman mask on, Whoever wore the caveman mask and walked around the uh, the sample area, the crows that had since been caught and then later the other crows would recognize the caveman mask wearer and fly behind them, uh, like basically scolding them or buzzing near their head or just letting it known that they did not like them. And they recognized I thought you were going to say the
1: they, they, learned, they like, learned to hate Dick Cheney. And I was going to be like, that's no, really Dick great. Dick
2: Cheney was off to the side. He's just hanging out just, there. That was a thing,
0: but that goes to show you that's just what we can do when they're learning on their own. When we're manipulating the learning, oh, we can do a lot. There was a dude in New York who taught them how to pick up change for food. So they would just literally swoop down, pick up loose change, and then drop it into a bin at his window. That's how he made a—he did money for an experiment. It's so amazing. We taught them how about water displacement. We've taught them how to pick up trash. We've taught them how to form bonds without actually doing anything. It's one of those things. They, like you said, they'll remember if you did something terrible to you and they'll tell the others. Speaking of the others, there's this, with Honchkrow, they talk about how it's the head boss and head honcho. That's not how they work. I have some friends who like view the The crow is like this goth, edgy, dark creature. But to be quite honest, it's one of the best parents. Like, it literally spends an extra year foraging with its children in order to make sure that they're okay. It's all its learning is done from its parents. And it's a really nice bird. It's just friendly. All right, guys, let's go to a Pokemon that people love and an animal people love more. We're talking about penguins. Penguin Pokemon being Piplup, it's one of those weird entries because it gets a lot, it gets some stuff right. And then everything else is just really, really wrong. Penguins are, the one thing they get right is that Piplup is a proud Pokemon. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, penguins are known for being not as tolerant of certain people. I've worked near Penguin keepers, And I'll tell you right now, if they don't like you, you know. You find out very quickly. <laughs> They're also very good painters. I mean, I actually had some penguin art for a while. Like, they, you just let them play with the yeah, paint. We, yeah, We do it with alligators, too. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, they sell at the National Aviary Plug. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's fun enrichment for the birds, and they get to sell it. Win-win for everybody. Uh, but the thing about them being, like, less tolerant than people. Yeah, I know pelicans are the same way. Birds have this thing where they really only attach to a few people. Uh, fun fact, though. Um, despite what people think about penguins, only five species live in Antarctica year round. The rest choose to live in warm places. So that's 13 species in Argent- living in Argentina, the Galapagos, which is one of the hottest places on Earth, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Yemen. Well, there are it.
1: Whole islands where they live too, yeah.
0: Yeah, they just don't live on Antarctica because no one likes to live in Antarctica. There's just five that got stuck there. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's one of those things that you really do get to figure out a bit more about them. So one of the things I love about penguins is that uh, they, they're they really social. Like they hang out in groups. And when you have them in groups, it's one of those things you can see thousands and thousands of them together. For some reason, all the piplops of illusions are, I travel alone. I am on my own. This is how I do things. It's uh, That's because it's based on Napoleon, and Napoleon was a jerk. Napoleon, yeah, the whole Napoleon, emperor, I do this whole thing alone thing. That's fine. But with penguins – They literally cannot live without each other. They have to huddle together for months at a time in the cold. Otherwise, they die. Without each other, they go down. If one wanders off on his own, him and his egg are gone.
1: Uh, And they have to dance together.
0: I love that movie. What? (laughs) I love that movie. I love Happy Feet. The ending's weird, and I hate it, but everything else is fine. I've never seen it. What was the ending? Yeah, I've never seen it. (laughs) Happy Feet? It's fun. Nope, I'm
1: good. I don't like. I vaguely
2: remember some animated penguin movie from my childhood where they like were all questing to find the right pebble (laughs) for their mates.
0: That's Pebble and the Penguin. That's also that's (laughs) the movie.
2: (laughs) That's the movie. Yep.
0: That's the name. I remember it now. Ah, Don Bluth. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? Yeah, it's – you really have to look up there – there's too many
2: penguin movies. You, you have to look up all of them.
1: All right, back to penguins.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, the pebble thing is an actual thing though, right, with some yeah. species? They will actually
0: collect pebbles and they will give them to the opposite sex in order well, that's, to try and birds, get them to Birds
2: them. do that in
1: general.
0: You know, you think yeah, about, that's like, not even the most impressive. Yeah. Some will literally build like houses for them. Yeah, they we got were talking about bird. that
1: today with my kids. We were talking about uh, – like the displays that male birds put on for the female birds are intense, amazing, and creative. Some birds
0: will come yep. up with entire choreography. I will find a rock. Bower birds are great, and and birds of paradise are great. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that. I know the whole thing about – if you look at Empoleon, he's like – he's bulky. He's not very fast. I mean, emperor penguins can swim about over five miles an hour underwater, which is pretty impressive for a four-foot-tall, 100-pound bird. But there are some penguins that can swim over 20 miles per hour underwater. They are ridiculously fast.
1: I just like that he learns toxic because penguins throw their food up.
0: Yeah. There's another bird on this list here that does that. So – this one, I feel like as soon as I mention it, Don's hairs on the back of his neck are going to rise up. Let's talk about Talonflame. Wait, didn't we already talk about him? First episode? We did. We did, but we didn't talk about exactly what he was. Oh. We talked a little bit about him, but we never talked about exactly what this thing could An do. An elephant hurt how... right? Yeah, it could take down elephant birds, but we never quite got to just how... How much, how similar they look. There is an actual artist's interpretation of this animal. And it is literally spot on what Talonflame looks like in the game. I'm thinking the creators of the game actually put the whole thing together by looking at the artwork and saying, let's just use that color scheme because it works surprisingly well. Well, we've said before Uh,
1: that a lot of these Pokemon are based on a lot of different things. Folklore, animals, all put together.
0: I honestly argue that 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 Talon Flame is by far way more terrifying <laughs> in our world because, like we said in the first episode, they hunt elephant birds. For those,
2: he was talking about no, the Hass Eagle. Or has the hat eagle. Has eagle, has eagle. Oh. The hass has eagle.
0: It was a bird that had similar proportions to a harpy eagle. So it was big. It was very, very heavy. It was like over fifty pounds. It had Ugh. a three-meter wingspan. So and it had a nine. Its, it's, it's wings were nine, but feet? its wings were actually over. It was a three yeah. meters. It's actually around ten feet across. But that's a small wingspan compared to this thing's size. It needed small wings for going after the elephant birds, the mole bird. Keep in mind, uh, an elephant bird is twelve feet tall and fa- over five hundred pounds, over five thousand pounds in some in some cases. No, wait, nope. Back, no, it's five hundred. It's just five hundred. Uh, an ostrich is nine feet tall at most and only two hundred and fifty pounds. These things were massive, and a haste eagle could literally just die bomb, tear this thing apart, and then eat it all up. It was awesome back in the day and this wasn't a bird that went extinct all that long ago this thing went extinct like i don't know right around the 1400 that's when new zealanders came around the Maori people colonized the area and then ate all the elephant birds well so it wasn't even like the europeans no no other people can make things extinct too it's just the europeans got really good at it
1: you know i was actually watching um ironically while wearing a, a school shirt from an elementary school named after him, a Adam ruins everything where they talked about John Muir <laughs> mm-hmm. and John Muir, when he made the national parks, uh, cause apparently he was genocidal, uh, and didn't like native Americans and he, you know, got rid of them. And, but the thing was that the native Americans had been conducting like all these like controlled burns. And so by removing the Native Americans, he like destroyed the ecosystem of the national parks.
0: Yeah. But it's no. the
1: same thing though. Like, I I know we tend to think about like Europeans being the ones who destroy the environment, but like humans in general, we change the environment like just by existing. That's what we've done ever since we've evolved our capacity to really impact animals. We change the environment.
0: And the thing that's important to understand about that is that with animals that we have today, the animals we have swimming around are the one – swimming, flying, running, whatever – have all adapted to us. The This haste eagle was absolutely terrifying. This thing was nightmare fuel for a lot of the people. The Maori people were probably attacked by it. I somewhere. wish that it would have just eaten the people. Yeah, it, could, it probably could have eaten the people, but <laughs> that's what's – it's important to know that birds and other animals go extinct a lot. And the next one we're going to talk about is one that could go extinct pretty soon. So this last one is one that we, it's one of the most one of the most common birds we have in my area. And I think all of yours, let's talk about wing gull and gulls. What are your thoughts on gulls, gentlemen?
2: So to be perfectly honest, like they can definitely be annoying. Um, they beg if they know you have food, they'll try to steal food. But at the same time, I kind of like them. I'm, uh, I'm outside a lot for my work in my uh, boat pretty often. And it's kind of fun to have them around in their own way. They're kind of like a really annoying
0: pet. I mean, the thing we forget about gulls is that they're what we call kleptoparasites. They steal from other animals. That's how they work. The reason I wanted to talk about it is, one, it is one of the, is the only bird Pokemon that talks about hollow bones. And that is important to the structure. Despite what people think about hollow bones in an animal, it doesn't make them lighter. The reason that hollow bones work for birds is that it was almost like just taking your bones, same weight, and just distributing the shapes out of it. It's almost like a honeycomb. And as we found in engineering, that honeycomb structure provides an excellent form of support. Birds are doing a lot of physical activity and those bony structures are helping them. And it's really, really cool. So. Wingull carries a lot of features from the Larde family and the Demodae family, the Gull family, and the Albatross family respectively. Both of them have adapted their wings for flight on the Thermal. We talked about this in our first episode because it's one of the few flying type Pokemon in the game that could actually fly and they don't really need to flap their wings. They can fly for long stretches of time riding those Thermals and surviving And while guns can't, well, while well, gun gulls. Why do I? Since gulls are mostly parasitic, in some cases there are those that hunt. Albatrosses are known for hunting for months on end, never seeing land until they have to go and land for reproduction. Uh, With some birds, uh, there's one called the frigate bird. It's not quite an albatross, but it's similar in its flight. They come around Florida every summer. They once tested it. It could fly without landing for 40 days straight. No land, nuts whatsoever. Swoops down, grabs its food, and moves on. 40 days in the air. That's incredible. Uh, Wingo shares that most common feature with the albatross because it does hunt, and the fact that its nests are on sheer cliffs. If you don't want to deal with anything attacking you, you just kind of go on a cliff and see them climb up there, and most animals will tend to leave you alone. Uh, the other thing is that its size. Wing gull, if you actually measure its wingspan out, is way too big to be a gull. It would be massive. If you had it sitting on your head, your neck would just crack down to the bottom. It would just would not be pleasant. So it has much more in common with the albatross. The reason I was talking about extinction is that the albatross is known for collecting shiny objects in the water that it thinks it's food. There's a lot of shiny objects in the water these days that's not quite food.
1: Did you see the uh, the whales that have been, like, breach- beaching?
0: Uh, the one they cut open and it was, like, just all plastic. Like 40 kilograms of plastic? It was nuts. Yeah. But the, the albatross, it gets even sadder because there are images of them feeding the plastic they just gathered to their chicks.
1: So, well... Here's something I want to put out there, though. Marketplace and over in the Make Me Smart group, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the issue is right now is that no one's recycling. No one. Because since China cut us off, uh, American communities are just deciding to not recycle anymore. So we're going to have a lot more plastic pollution this year than years past. Because American communities would rather not pay the price to, like, just recycle themselves.
0: These animals are—we always think about plastic in the ocean affecting sea turtles, and we always think about plastic in the ocean affecting dolphins. These are animals everyone loves. But nobody thinks about an albatross. It's just a big gull to them. But Well, it's going to affect everything. I
1: think that's the thing that people are missing, that it's going to kill everything.
0: And just to step in your shoes for a bit, economically speaking, we need the ocean. Like,
1: yeah, uh, it. it's— one of the most important economic factors in the world, and if we don't take care of it, it's going to hurt. With I mean, we use it for shipping, for food,
0: for you know, you name it, we use it, and it's important to understand that. With birds, we take that for granted. There are some birds that have been able to survive our impact. Peregrine falcons are an excellent example of that. Pigeons and well, crows but they are an went extinct. Example.
1: Let's not be yeah. clear. Peregrine falcons almost went extinct before they rebounded. Like, that's not a good
0: example. We almost killed them. But there are good examples of ones we did help. There are things like the bald eagle, which were almost the ball was almost wiped out. But when people actually cared and paid attention, they actually started helping out. This is possible. I believe that we can help these animals out in our own way. Everybody out there who's listening, you have birds in your backyard. The best thing you can do for them is honestly just stay out of their way. Please keep your house cats inside. Please make sure you keep all your garbage away. If you're on the beach, please, please, please pick up after yourself. I am not your mother. I'm tired of picking up your garbage. Anything we can do to help these animals out. They're one of the most dominant life forms on the planet. And I think that they deserve a little bit more of our respect than what we're giving them.
1: Well, I think the only way to do that, though, right now is really in your local communities to make sure that your communities are actually recycling. Because I know many communities are, well, they're cutting it out because there's no longer a cheap option and they'd rather not pay the extra, you know, money to do it locally.
0: Yeah, it's, it's rough. But you know what? I I hope someone listening actually cares about what we have to say and that help out where you can. But seriously, keep your cats indoors. 33 bird species went extinct
2: because of cats being let outside. Uh. Stop it. Uh. And on that happy note. Look up the Fairy Island Wren if you want to be really sad. The uh, Fairy Island Wren. It was a tiny flightless bird. This lighthouse keeper had his cat. Um, by the time he recognized the weird birds, his cat kept leaving around, he sent one out and it was declared identified and extinct in like the same day. Jeez.
0: I mean, God. you want to know what's really messed up? For penguins, one of their number one predators are cats that just sneak up and eat their eggs while they're on the beach. That's just it. They're not supposed to be there, but they are.
1: Humans are,
0: uh, Nah, humans, it? humans can be good. We just have to watch this. Them. Yep. Let's end this. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, hey, the normal things, uh, you know, uh, can I say real quick, like our Facebook page, like our Facebook page. And here's the reason why. As we apply to conventions, that's where we send them to. They need some sort of measure to know that we will be enjoyable and likable. And the more likes they see on that page, the more they go, oh, these are good, worthwhile people. And we really appreciate that because as we get into the second year, we really are ramping up conventions and stuff that we're going to. And I know we have several that we've announced on our Facebook page and we're hoping to get into several more. Um, this is kind of a big thing for us. We came up with this whole plan because Lucas wanted to help educate people. And that's always been a lot of my goals. And so we'd agreed that this would be a very unique opportunity to bring that forward. And by doing this in a fun manner, I feel like we've accomplished a lot of our goals and now we need to see them grow. And so please help us out here. Really? The iTunes reviews, all of that helps. It really does. We're trying to make this so that we don't need to like beg for your money, um, by finding other means. So all those likes, those five star reviews, they genuinely help please. And thank you. I know we keep talking about it, but please. And thank you. Seriously. I just want to say like, And this is a big deal for us. I mean, it's only March 20th, and we have had 3,500 listens this year alone, which maybe is not a big deal for podcasts that have been around for 10, you know, four, eight years, whatever. But, you know, just, you know, uh, August 2017, we were two idiots, you know, recording with really crappy mics. I was using the mic on my, my stupid webcam to do this. You know, we were two guys trying to just barely get by and trying not to spend money on this. And here we are having all these fans, and we're growing, and I love it. And thank you so much. So the reason I'm doing the closing here is that I have to make an announcement. And it's it's really bittersweet to do this. (sighs) So... For the next few months, I will not be present on the podcast. I will still be at conventions, and I'm going to help with some of our marketing stuff. Um, My wife and I found out about a little girl we knew who needed a home. And so for the past three months, we've been working hard to get our home ready, to take licensing classes through the state, um, everything. And so here we are, and we're about to have a third kid. And so we went from being this family with two young kids to this family with a, you know, a five, a one and a six year old, almost seven year old. And it just, it's been a crazy, crazy adjustment. And I'm so happy the kids been visiting with us a lot lately and we're about to have this permanent placement, but it's been so time consuming and so energy consuming for me that as this end of the year comes I really need to focus on my family for a little bit and ensuring, you know, I'm going to start trying to look maybe for a better job too. Because I, you know, three kids eat a lot more food than two. (laughs) But seriously, thank all of you. Thank you, everyone. You are all wonderful and we appreciate all the support. And I'll be back. But in the meantime, Don and Lucas are going to do a great job. Please come see us at conventions. Keep giving us the likes and the reviews. It really does help. And I'm not just saying this out of my my butt you all know like i know my economics and marketing it really does help thank you guys and i'll see you around
0: we're gonna gonna miss you on the show we are when we'll see again you will still see every now and then but guys thank you again like he was saying all that and more we appreciate you guys listening to us. And on Twitter, I've had people actually ask us, hey, why is this Pokemon like this? Send me more of those. I'm the oh. one doing the Twitter. It's so much fun. It breaks Send up the monotony them of my all day. all
1: the time. And keep Lucas busy for me, please. You know, I will...
0: <laughs> oh, no, 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 now. Oh, now it's me and Don's show. It's going to be the Florida Man <laughs> show all day, Oh,
1: my day. God. Wait, wait, wait. This weekend's, wait, wait, don't tell me talked about a minor league team having a florida man celebration <laughs> where every inning they're going to break some florida law in a completely ridiculous way
0: <laughs> uh, so we've got so a bunch great. of those they're good there's some good law <laughs> fun fact you cannot drip dry your dishes in clear water <laughs> on a
2: sunday also unmarried women can't go parachuting mm-hmm. on Sundays. you guys have like the Rest greatest the
1: okay. most ridiculous state That we need to laugh. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. We're going to miss you, you, man. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll get this up as soon as we can. See you, Don. See you, Professor. Bye-bye, everybody. I'll be
1: back as soon as I can. Bye. Right, Bye, everybody.